following program is brought to you in living color on NBC. They'll know you've arrived when you drive up in the 1958 Edsel, the car that's truly new from nameplate to taillights. Connie! Hi, Mr. Wilson. Oh, hello, Dennis. And now your host, Walt Disney. Welcome to that tip-top terrific and splendidly prolific waltz down memory lane, the Mid-Modcast. And here are your Mid-Modcasters, Craig, Paula, and Dave. Welcome to the Mid-Modcast. <laughs> we talk about all things mid-century, around the world, culture, architecture, art, you name it, we talk about it. Today we're talking about mid-century... Well, let's see. What are we calling it? Modern, mid-century modern <laughs> TV and films. And uh, basically, movies and, and television that's come out in the last 15 years or so that uh, takes us back to the era of yesteryear, especially during that mid-century period. And there's a lot to talk about. Uh, we've all picked a couple of things each, but I, I'm sure there's much, much more that we could talk about. And who knows where we'll go with this. Paula, I'm going to ask you if people wanted to find us on the internet and that sort of thing, where would they go? Uh, we have a Facebook page that's getting quite active and bigger by the minute called The Mid Modcast. We have, uh, you can find us on Twitter at The Mid Modcast and, of course, on Instagram at The Mid Modcast. You can write to us <laughs> at The Mid Modcast at gmail.com. No, just Mid Modcast. Oh, ooh, my bad. Yeah. Midmodcast at gmail.com. Sorry about that, folks. And we have a telephone number that we've given out, but I've completely forgotten. You so know what? there we, we go. We should paste that onto the wall or something because I can't remember it off the yeah, top of my head Yeah, nobody's either. called. <laughs> anyway, so I keep no forgetting No one calls because we never give out the number. I don't yeah, I gave it, it out last week, I believe. So did you? There you, you did. go. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Dave, for you, confirming You're a good my, person. Thank yeah. you. I know I appreciate I that. Yeah, I appreciate that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Well, as I was saying... There has been a resurgence, of course, of all things mid-century America. And with that comes along television and movies and all the rest. Uh, going back quite a ways, even before the turn of the 21st century, 1999, 98, there were films that were being made that were calling us back to the good old days. And uh, we're going to start with Dave. Dave's going to talk yeah. about a couple of TV programs that we've watched. Most of them, anyway. We haven't. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, go for it, Dave. Well, well, this this was kind of um, this was kind of a difficult uh, thing to put together because, you know, the early two thousands brought us some great TV programming where the mid century modern aesthetic was featured front and center, and you know, narrowing it down to the shows that I thought you know I should mention on the program or maybe discuss at length on the program was was kind of tricky. Um, of course, everyone knows or probably can guess the one that I'm going to start out with just just very briefly. Uh, the best known program and, and arguably the most popular was. AMC's Mad Men, which um, which premiered in 2007, where, where you two big fans of Mad Men? Not at first. We kind of were late to the party, but yeah, once well, we got in. Well, season one was a little, yeah, it was a little hard to get into. We I, didn't watch it. I, I heard about it uh, probably around the fifth episode, and I actually oh. bought it on, I, I, I think, uh, iTunes. I, I bought a couple of episodes. I remember oh, yeah. our buddy Steve came over and we're sitting on the back patio, and I've got my MacBook open, and we're watching Mad Men <laughs> on the back patio smoking a cigar. But, and uh, were yeah. you drinking Manhattans or old fashioned? I'm sure Steve no, had his old fashioned. We, we should no, not not that Steve. <laughs> oh, yeah. I yeah. have I have like eight friends named. Yeah, Steve. there's a but, little <laughs> known fact about our friend Craig I, here. He has many friends I, named Steve. I collect Steves. Um, so anyway, er, fairly early on, but no, I wasn't there at the beginning. But 
you know, people were having Mad Men parties and stuff where they, oh, yeah. they were getting all dressed up and right. Yeah. They were busting out the uh, the old um, cookbooks and making things like you know rumaki and <laughs> relearning how to mix up an uh, an old fashioned. And anyway, um, for for our listeners who aren't familiar, um, this was a weekly one hour drama um, about a Madison Avenue ad agency known as Sterling Cooper. And the ad men uh, or mad men uh, who worked there. The show featured St. Louis and John Hamm as the, sh- yeah. <laughs> as the show's main ad executive, uh, Don Draper. Um, and uh, let's see, uh, its timeline, Matt, the, the timeline for the show uh, was from 1960 to 1970. It ran for seven seasons and 92 episodes were produced. And the the biggest, you know, the biggest deal about um, Mad Men was that it was it was praised for its attention to detail of the era. So, you know, they got the the office furniture was era appropriate. Um, The secretaries all, you know, dressed in era appropriate clothes and the hair was just right. And. Don Draper drove a Cadillac that was, you know, appropriate to the era. So, you know, it was, it was really, it got everything right. Um, So of course what happened then uh, once Mad Men took off every network, it seemed uh, greenlit their own mid-century modern era programming to try to capture the magic. And sadly, it didn't work out too well for for some oh. networks. <laughs> I think it was maybe the first episode or very early on. I, I loved it because uh, Don's trying to come up with an ad for Lucky Strike cigarettes. I, I think oh, it was Lucky yeah. Strike, but he's sitting at a tiki bar. And, oh, and, yeah, I, yeah. And, and I don't know if most people noticed it or not, but I was like, that's so cool. He's sitting in a tiki bar drinking. Right, right. You know, of course, it's the middle of the day, and and you would have your three martini lunches and all the rest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I think I think that was a Trader Vic's. I'm ooh, I'm, I'm sure one of our listeners will will let us know if that's right or not. But um, but yeah, so uh, everybody wanted to jump on the bandwagon and and try to um, you know, find the same success that AMC had with Mad Men. Um, but of course, you know, sometimes it just looks like you're trying to cash in on the, <laughs> yeah. Around the world, I'd search for you. I traveled on when hope was gone to keep a rendezvous while I knew somewhere. So ABC had a show called Pan Am. Which was awesome. Uh, which was really we good. Loved it. It, yeah. And, it didn't get a little weird, though. But it, right. It and it only lasted a, a season. But we've discovered ABC is kind of famous for that. They, oh, yeah. or should we say infamous, they'll, uh, they'll get you hooked on a show and then they'll <laughs> yeah. make it away. Pull the uh, rug, yes. Right. One season later. But the show starred Christina Ricci and Margot Robbie. I think it was one of the first times um, we'd seen Margot. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was all about the pilots and the stewardesses, as they were called then, who worked for the iconic Pan American World Airways in the early 60s at the start of the commercial jet age. So, yeah, like you said, it, 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 um, I think it maybe lost its way a little towards the, uh, towards the end. Um, and I was going to talk about, uh, I, I mean, I'll just mention it briefly. NBC tried to cash in on the Mad Men craze oh. by uh, launching a show called The Playboy Club, mm-hmm. which which I did tune in and watch uh, for the uh, for the whole entire run of three episodes or four episodes. <laughs> it vanished fast. That I think it lasted. Um, you know, I, I think the idea was, you know, or, or the thought was, why is NBC um, promoting a show that's all about pornography and you know um exploiting women and whatever oh. so it just never really got off the ground they had a lot of um people speaking out against it so they yanked it after like oh. uh three episodes but of of the three episodes i saw the the look was really good i mean the club looked really cool 
uh, there was a character on on the show who was a lawyer and he was a key card, a, a key holder at the uh, at the club. And, you know, he had this really swanky mid-century modern bachelor pad that we got to see in one of the episodes. But but it kind of dwindled. Um, and then CBS had uh, did, did you guys ever watch the, uh, the Dennis Quaid version of Vegas? Not not the one from the 70s when we were little, but. Uh, 2012, they they brought back the title Vegas, but this time it was about Dennis Quaid in the role of Sheriff Ralph Lamb and his attempts to keep mobsters from gaining control of the gambling industry in the early 60s I, in Vegas. I did see an episode or two. I, I It didn't catch my attention for some reason. Gal is like a racehorse. I play her to win. But if I should lose her, another may come in. Oh, love can be like heaven. Love can be a joke. But it's worth a gamble. So here I go for broke. Yeah, um, and, and I thought this was a really well done show uh, as well. They they built um they built a whole uh, full size version of Fremont Street out in the desert somewhere in California where they had all the room to build a full-scale strip, which back in the day, the strip was Fremont Street. Um, They even had a a golden nugget, the facade of the golden nugget that looked just like it did, you know, back in the day. But again, it only uh, lasted for like a season. Um, But in my opinion, the one that really... uh, was really close to the quality of Mad Men was a show that was on the Stars Network called Magic City. Um, so Magic City was all about um, was all about a hotel guy. Um, uh, played by Jeffrey Dean Morgan. His name was Ike Evans. And it was set in 1959, Miami, Florida. And Ike Evans ran the most glamorous hotel in the town called the Miramar Playa. Uh, the Miramar, um, uh, mostly, the, or the show rather, mostly centers on Ike and his business dealings to make the glitzy Miramar a success. Um, but just like, you know, any kind of show where you have the cast that plays the the hotel employees and you have you know the shady characters that are also involved with hotel business it seems like uh, there are lots of behind the scenes storylines about the staff the guests and Ike's dealings with mob boss Ben Diamond who was played by a sinister Danny Houston do you guys know Danny Houston no i don't i don't know if i do he is a great bad guy. Um, so he played uh, the head of the mob there in Miami, and Ike often had to uh, had to deal with him. Uh, sadly, the series only lasted for two eight-episode seasons. But like Mad Men, the show was beautifully shot. Uh, we you know we get to see all these lush, sunny views of '50s era Miami and beautifully designed exteriors. Um, I mean, it, it's, it, it was just, a, it was nice eye candy, uh, the mm. show. Um, one reviewer said this about Magic City, and I think this could be said of, of all the shows and movies that we're going to discuss today. The setting is so seductive, the period details so vivid, that it's as intoxicating as a potent mojito. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So um, and and I also wanted to mention, uh, if you're interested in checking out any of these shows, Magic City is currently available on Amazon's Prime Video. Um, Yeah. Uh, Let's see. um, Pan Am is available through an app called Crackle. Yes, we have that. Yeah. But you have to watch with commercials. Because it's, you know, supported by ads. It's free. Okay. Um, And I believe um, Vegas is unavailable at the moment. I looked Um, on pretty much every app that we have. iTunes usually has everything and it's not even available on on iTunes. iTunes. I I hate it when there is a show that 
you liked and you can't find it. Right, right. There there was one and not related to what we're talking about, but it was called <laughs> Lucky uh, with, um, oh, what's his name from uh, Northern Exposure? Um, John. Um, anyway, he's a professional oh, yeah, gambler. Chris, Chris in the morning. Yeah, right. yeah, Chris in the morning. Uh, <laughs> anyway, he's a professional gambler in Las Vegas and it's called Lucky and you cannot find it anywhere. Oh, and wow. I think it only lasted one or two seasons also, but yeah. it's, it's maddening. I've, I actually found it on YouTube. It's pirated oh. on YouTube and it's probably gone by now, but where do you cool. find magic city? Dave, did you say uh, that? magic city is currently available on Amazon's prime? Okay. Video. That's the one you were saying. Okay. Yeah. I blanked out for um, a minute. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, John Corbett was his name. John, John Corbett. Corbett. Thank you. Yeah. Thank I you. Think yeah, that yeah. Greek wedding Gosh, and Northern exposure. John Corbett. I didn't get enough yes. of a nap this afternoon. Okay. <laughs> Cranky. My playpen wasn't set up. It's just not right. Yeah, so that's just a handful of shows. I mean, everybody knows about Mad Men, but, you know, there were were these other shows that tried uh, to capture that same magic spark. Uh, yeah. And some did better better than others. Um, but But I would encourage our viewers to check out an episode or two of of Magic City City. and see what you think. And let's report back. Maybe we can all huddle back here and... Yeah. Well, yeah, we'll we'll circle back here to Magic (laughs) City. Paula, what's what's one of your favorites? Is are you talking about? Do you know what I wanted to talk? I wanted to kind of mention one episode of Mad Men that kind of goes well with our what we're trying to do in this podcast. And do you remember the senior ad man? Uh, play his, the actor who played him, Roger Robert St- Cooper. Sterling? Oh, right, 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 Robert Morse. Oh, and Robert Morse. One of my yeah. favorite oh, episodes. <laughs> yeah, the actor. One of my favorite episodes of Mad Men. That Don Draper goes into a, a dream sequence, yes. and I believe um, he has pa- Robert Morse's character who has passed away. Yes, yes. And he does a song and dance. Always look on the bright side of life. Oh, thank you. Yes. You do remember this. <laughs> yes. And there's one I love of that episode oh too. Oh my goodness! And I I grew up loving How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying. It, it's oh, yeah. one of my favorite movies and musicals, and I need to go back to that one because it sure shows off the style of that era oh, very definitely. well. Oh and, yes, yes. Yes, and just if you remember, he played the lead in How to. He was. Um, the lead in how to succeed in business without right. even trying. And then he's cast in this iconic, you know, 70s, 60s, 60s, sorry, 50s, 60s role. And then he does this musical dream sequence right in the middle of this very right. serious kind of drama. So it, it was something very magical for me and really oh, harken yeah. back to my childhood. So I wanted to kind of mentioned that one you know we could do a whole uh, a whole episode where we talk about our favorite mad men episodes because yes um, there's so many one of my favorites is when um don and pete have to f- fly out to los angeles mm. for s- some kind of a conference right and uh don hooks up with you know this young hottie who takes him off whisks him off to um palm springs and he ends up in that fabulous mid-century modern home. Oh, yes. Um, but anyway, yeah, mm-hmm. that's a good one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a party going down in, in Palm Springs in that episode, yeah. a, a pretty oh, you know, yeah. One of the things one. about Mad Men that, that I, Paula, you were saying this made it not popular initially. It think, was difficult for that writer and producer that to get this People going. weren't going to like this because there really aren't any kind of righteous characters in the whole thing no. you know i mean and peggy's no, no. about peggy's. as close as you can get right. but yeah. but they i mean everyone's kind of debaucherous and and kind of uh you know out for number one and and you know exactly. willing, you know, you know who loved willing that, to screw each you know other who over loved that our, show was my mom was, my mom was a very was a big madman <laughs> you know lovely christian woman but she <laughs> dug madman my dad you know he couldn't get into it and then after she passed away, my dad decided to give Mad Men a chance. Oh. Yes. And ah, so nice. one day I came over, you know, he was, you know, this kind of new widower. And, and he said, you know, you know, Paula, I'm really liking that show, Bad Guys. And I said, Bad Guys, Bad guys what's it called? What? You know, that show, oh. Bad Guys. Uh, and he, he showed it to me. I'm like, oh, Mad Men. He goes, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But boy, are they really bad guys. You know? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> My yeah, dad was yeah. notorious for getting his words mixed yeah, we, up. We, we took him to see James Bond, and he he, he liked 
the new James Bond, but he said, I, I really like that John Connolly. Much it's John better. Connolly. What is this? Sean <laughs> John Connery. Connery. Oh, <laughs> but that bad guys, what a show. Yeah, so my dad ended up getting into bad guys as well. Bad guys. <laughs> late into the late into the game and he he ended up binge watching it. Yeah. So right. they yeah, they're not the nicest people no. across the board and especially when you get into Don Draper's past and you find out right. he's not what you think or who yes. you, if you haven't well, seen yeah, it you're one of if you're one of the eight people right. out there that haven't one seen it i don't want to wreck it right. but, yes you know. and you know and one thing i noticed and i actually read about it today is that we're always rooting for don draper to change we're always yeah. thinking this is you know when he married you know when he went through his whole you know catharsis with his you know his past and when he divorced betty and when he married you know the young spoiler alert and no 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 oh sorry yeah we always think we're always rooting for don we're root and i'm like this is gonna be it well even his first wife betty she's just kind of blank and there's there's yeah. like it, it's weird anyway, yeah it's, it's, but, but you right. know I, yeah right it's strange but it, for some reason you keep coming back for more Yes. It, it is hard yeah, to figure you, out I why. I think we're exactly. hopeful that maybe he's going to get it. I think that's it. You're, you're waiting for redemption to come. <laughs> yeah. And then finally at the end, he... Does it? He reaches but does enlightenment. It? Does it? And he writes a Coca-Cola commercial. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but it's the I believe it's the women who really change, especially yeah. Peggy's character. Yeah. I mean, really. Yeah. She's oh, extraordinary. Yeah. She's awesome. Mm -hmm. So yeah. if you haven't watched this, you have no idea what we've been talking about. And I'm for the so last sorry minutes, if but we that's okay. it. <laughs> it, it. Hopefully it'll give you impetus to watch it. And then you can uh, come on Facebook and tell us what you think. So, And speaking of watching, you know what we watched last night? We watched watch watch Down With Love. And so this is Paula's pick. One of our favorites of the mid-century modern, modern, what is it? The modern mid-century modern Modern mid-century modern. Mid modern. Yes, yeah, and a... actually it came out in 2003. And it's basically an wow, homage. Yeah, okay. it's a it's an homage to those 1960s no sex sex comedies, <laughs> as we say, as you will. Starring Doris Day, Rock Hudson, and of course the wonderful Tony Randall. And it's based on their, the three movies that they did together, Pillow Talk, Send Me No Flowers, and Lover Come Back. And Barbara Novak is the lead, and that is played by <laughs> Renee Zellweger, and she is just amazing and beautiful. Oh, yeah. Uh, Ewan McGregor, you know, uh, fresh off of Moulin Rouge, is he plays Catcher Block. First name Catcher, <laughs> last name Block. And as they say in the show, he's a ladies' man, man. Wait, sorry, let me get this right. He's a ladies' man, man's man, man about town. That's right. Say you it, got say it, it Craig. He's ladies', a ladies man, man, man's man, man about town. Yes, and the way they say That's it awesome. is just lovely. And then we've got uh, <laughs> David Hyde Pierce, um, good old Niles Crane from Frasier. He plays Richard McManus, and that's basically the Tony Randall yeah. role. You know, the, he's actually um, Catcher Block's boss he owns the newspaper company called um no the no k-n-o-w we've got sarah paulson as vicky hiller and then guess what tony randall comes back and he plays the owner he of does. the whole yes. he is at the beginning and he's the owner of the company we've got a couple little a couple small parts which are also beautifully done we've got rachel dratch and chris parnell from saturday night live and they play um Dratch is, is Gladys, one of Barbara Novak's friends. And then we've got Chris Parnell, who's playing a, a TV show host. And they were cast members of <laughs> SNL at the time. Um, Tony Randall was in all three of those uh, Rock Hudson, uh, Doris Day <laughs> movies. And... Um, and then we, you know, he was the sidekick, and David Hyde Pierce does a beautiful job of playing that sidekick too. And it's really just typical of that genre. You know, we've got the womanizer, and then we we've got the woman who's advocating that female independence, <laughs> and it basically, you know, kind of reflects the attitudes and behaviors of that early pre-sexual revolution in the 1960s. 
And I, I, we watched the extras last night of this movie, and I found out 55 sets were built. And oh, they wow. actually had four sound stages for all their different... Wow. Her apartment is beautiful, clean, white, and oh, amazing. It's, it's amazing. And his apartment is like, everything <laughs> is a sunken, like you go down to the sunken living room, you go down to the sunken, and it's gizmos, and it's sort of like his den, the, yeah. if you will, the lion's the, den, right. the where, you, switches where that you switch right. down and you cool sink stuff. down. Down into that, the bar and, right, and, right, and the bar, <laughs> and it, it's just phenomenal. And uh, the the um, David Hyde Pierce's apartment is also equally phenomenal. And um, they actually had a little extra scene at the end of the movie too, because Ewan McGregor had just done um, Moulin Rouge, Renee Zellweger had just done Chicago, which is also a, a wonderful musical movie. If you haven't seen it, I do recommend it. And um, they, they, they insisted that they do a little duet at the end of the mu movie. Barbara, I'd like to propose a toast to the topic I take the most. Cats, let me dust off my loving cup. Hey, bartender, fill her up. So they did that with both of them at, during the credits. Um, in, the, uh, in the little extras, uh, they talked to the the scene, the sound, and the um, sorry. Um, they talked to the costume designer, hmm. the music, the score, music score, and they talked to um, the, the set, set designer. Set designer yeah. All three yeah. of them said, "I was waiting my whole life to oh, do this that. movie. Yeah. I couldn't. They could not wait to do this." And um, so they did this movie with Jess Gusto. Um, yeah. They loved it. All the costumes were designed for the actors and actresses themselves. They did not buy or get any vintage clothes because in the, they're making a movie that is going to be like a movie, not like what time was like in the 50s, I mean, early 60s. <laughs> They're making a movie about what the movies were like, and they wouldn't have right. ever worn, Doris Day wouldn't have ever worn old clothes. No, Everything no, was no. new, beautiful, yeah. <laughs> fitted, you know, just perfect. And um, they actually, to create the movie's vivid stylized appearance, the cinema cinematographer he um digitally color timed the movie to simulate the appearance of three strip technicolor oh wow so it's you know it, it really has that feel of that bright shiny um place all the all the um scenes where they're in a car or whatever they're driving it's all stock footage yeah they use all that stock yeah footage. they it's use really stock cool. footage of the, yeah, the, um, the cars the driving projection by. yeah yes, right, right. Yeah, yeah. and and if you see her view outside of her apartment there's like the chrysler building building and the empire state building and you know the statue of liberty they're all in the scene as her view from her apartment <laughs> they use some they use some wonderful use of split screen yeah. in that movie it's very naughty but it is absolutely hilarious well, it's it's fun as you were saying you look out the window and there's all this scenery and everything it's all painted yes and you know if you look careful because we we watched the extras before we watched the movie and then we we were watching for all these different things so oh, it's yeah. it's this painted scenery out the window but i never noticed that before no. So no. it's kind of fun to, to watch fun. that. And the movie has a very fun surprise twist at the end. Um, <laughs> Ewan McGregor, um, he plays Zip. Oh, what did he say? Zip Martin. Zip Martin. To try to lure the, the Renee Zellweger character. So he pretends that he's Zip Martin. And, you know, just the, all the deceiving and the trickery right. and, and just the misunderstandings. It's just not delightful. Just, not just Zip Martin, but major Zip Martin, major astronaut. Zip Martin, astronaut. And tell us, uh, Craig, because you, you did your uh -oh. little spiel on this very phenomenon of the, um, he goes to a tiki bar. He's in, in um, Fort Lauderdale. And they catch him in some kind of tiki bar, but he actually writes the story about... I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, the oh, no. German... <laughs> the German... Oh, the oh, Nazis. oh, Werner von Braun. Right. My, studied, yes. my husband has studied well, they this. Didn't, they didn't show him in the TV. No, no. Bar. That's why I'm know. like, what? They just make a reference to something that <laughs> right. we have so discussed. Right. So he's talking about... 
Uh, but of course, he shows up late to work and his boss is upset with him because he's jealous more than anything. But they're good friends. And uh, he says, well, I got this story about NASA, baby, you know, kind of thing. He's like, well, so he's like, Nazis at NASA. He's Nazis. And he pulls out his top secret card from NASA, you know, his, his badge and all the rest. And. Uh, that he starts talking about Werner von Braun and, and all these Nazis that were now working for NASA. Yeah. It's like this oh, it's... huge expose kind of thing. And then he whips it out of his pocket. He shows up with these three girls in a helicopter with a four-star general flying the helicopter. Yeah. Right. And, and these these beautiful uh flight attendant type girls. Yes. And and so he's he's like, well, not only is uh, Susan very gifted in many ways, but she also types 120 <laughs> words a minute. So he whips out the story and it's all. The story's done. Yes. And he's, he's yeah. a kind of a James Bond character yeah, yeah. as well as the yeah. Rock Hudson playboy character. He, and, and I just love Ewan McGregor in this. And, yeah. and, and, oh, and just yeah. as an aside, if you have not seen Fargo, he plays the TV, not the, the movie, but the the, uh, the TV series. He actually um, is in the latest Fargo too, where he plays two characters and he's just brilliant. Ewan McGregor? Yes, he's brilliant really? in everything know. he does. Oh, and so, awesome. so if you have not seen Down With Love, I, I just <laughs> highly, highly recommend this. You know, well, one I, of the, yeah, sorry, Dave, go ahead. Yeah, I was just gonna say, and, and I should know this. I don't. I don't remember who did the music for the original, you know, Doris Day and Rock Hudson films. But you know, Mark Shaman did a great job reproducing that 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 musical that score. Sound. Well, I mean, I shouldn't say reproducing it. You know, he he wrote his own score, but made it sound like it was from one of those one of those comedies. You know, we've talked on this uh, on this podcast about creating a playlist and. The last, uh, the yes. last time, um, the last episode we recorded was about uh, space age bachelor pad music. So I'll try to find tracks from Down with Love to include. Oh yes. In that, in that uh, playlist, that that'll be fun. Spotify playlist. Yes, nice. they, they they do one scene that's just so cute. They're both getting dressed, and while she's getting dressed, they play "Fly Me to the Moon." You know that, and then in the second scene, he's getting dressed, and and they're playing "Fly Me to the Moon." You know by Frank Sinatra. Yeah, her version is by yeah. Tell me, Astrid Gilberto. yes, of course. I almost said Astrid Gilberto, and then I just went, "Ooh, I don't know if that's right." So instead, I sung with my voice. And don't you don't you love the scene that they, you know, it's an homage to the bathtub scene from. Pillow Talk? Uh, from Pillow Talk, where they both got their feet up on the wall yes. of, the, of the bathtub. It's like a split screen thing. Well, in Down With Love, they take that like- Oh my. To the extreme. I mean, it's so hilarious. I love it. Yes, yes. The split screen is beautiful. <laughs> um, and then, you know what? The the mid-modcast has um, kind of had me explore some new avenues. So I when we did the episode about the drive-in movies, do you remember- somebody's talking about plan nine from outer space <laughs> and i started to go down some rabbit trails that was my husband d'onofrio yes. who talked about that so i started to head down some rabbit trails and and dave was uh, talking he he had a whole shtick on i love lucy and yeah. um, the twilight zone so guess what i have been watching a lot of episodes of I Love Lucy and The Twilight Zone and have discovered <laughs> some things I've never seen before. And one of the movies that I happened upon was Tim Burton's Ed Wood. Yes. And I absolutely loved it. So I've got Down With Love that I've watched. I've been watching Down With Love periodically since 2003. But Ed Wood is a recent one for me. I had never seen this movie. I thought I had. But I had never seen it, and it oh, is. Oh yeah, it's great. Oh, it's a great movie, and you know, just watch it for um, Martin Landau's uh, uh, performance of Bella Lugosi. Right. If nothing else, it, he won an Academy Award for it, and it is simply marvelous. It's beautiful. It's a thing of art. Um, well, and Paul, I'm sure you caught the reference to the episode we recorded last week. 
Mm-hmm. Corla Pandit, Pandit was is... in the movie Ed Wood. The real Corla Pandit, if you watch the party was. scene, right. he's playing the organ. He was pretty elderly at that point, but he still oh, had yeah. his chops. Yeah, still, the, oh, yeah. yeah, everybody, one one of the girls in the scene said, oh, he was still pretty sexy. She thought, <laughs> she's like, he was a flirty flirt, and we all thought he was pretty cute. So, and it's also, it is also great. We've got Sarah Jessica Parker. She plays Dolores Fuller his girlfriend. Um, and actually the real Dolores Fuller became a songwriter for Elvis, which I thought was really oh, wow. fascinating. So she ended up, she broke up with, uh, with Ed Wood. She couldn't handle, you know, his transvestite ism <laughs> and his cross-dressing. So, but she had a, a quite a, a full career. And then we've got P- Patricia Arquette, who's just beautiful as, as the girlfriend he does fall in love with and, and eventually marries. And, um, she doesn't seem to have a problem with his, um, his proclivities and we've got bill murray <laughs> and bill murray is wonderful oh, he's fantastic he's, he plays john bunny breckenridge and he's a drag queen and this is a true character this john bunny breckenridge and she, he helps him out a lot we've got uh jeffrey jones who's also just so fun in this and you you'll know him because he was the principal in ferris bueller's day off and he was the the oh, um, yes. the okay. emperor in Amadeus, and he's always good in everything he does. And he plays this kind of psychic st- uh, TV star, and he gets involved with his production. And he's also an actor for him. And then we also have Vampira, and she was a, a huge phenomena in the fifties in L.A. She had this show called The Vampira Show, and she said uh, that the dialogue was so bad in plan nine from outer space she said the dialogue was so terrible this is the true vampire sorry i (laughs) I flipped here this is not the actress she said it was so bad that she that's why she ends up mute in the whole movie plan nine from outer space so we have also then after i watched ed wood i had to watch plan nine from outer space (laughs) to see these characters and it is absolutely 100 percent. we saw the play right we did see the play Plan yeah. 9 from Outer Space at the Maverick Theater. And I also went back and watched uh, Glinda, Glenn or Glinda, which is a really interesting movie because that was, mm. it's almost, it's Ed Wood, the real Ed Wood working out his um, identity crisis uh. in this movie. So you see, you know, we've got the Bella Lugosi going, pull the strings, pull the strings. And he's the string master, just like um, wonderful uh, Martin Landau did in the movie, Ed Wood. And yes, and, and everything is very, very authentic. So that would be another movie that I really think is worth, worth watching is Ed Wood. Because, you know, the more I researched and the more I read and the more movies that I saw, the real Ed Wood movies, the more I realized this is very, it's quite authentic. There yeah. was just a, a craziness about this time and these characters. And um, just an, as an aside, our episode, Corla Pandit, he was on kind of at the same time as Vampira. We should on. see if we can get Johnny Depp mm-hmm. to come on oh, the program. And, and, uh, and Johnny yeah. Depp was just <laughs> wow. as, oh, he was just as cute as We, we better be. uh, have our agent talk to their agent. and right. Yeah, to his right. he can talk yeah. about playing Ed Wood because he, it really he he nails it yeah he does it and paul am i remembering correctly the the burton shot the movie in black and white right yes correct sorry it's a tim i should have mentioned at the top it's a tim burton movie and it is shot in black and white for various reasons and and i i it's it's just a good one i would highly recommend that one nice nice was it was there something else that you were another movie that you were talking about or am i mistaken I talk about a lot of movies because yeah, I talk do. a lot. You know, I really do talk a lot, and sometimes I just have to tune myself it's, out. It's true. Because it's too much. <laughs> well, I, I wanted to mention a couple of movies. Uh, I don't know how much in depth we really want to get, especially on the first one Back to the Future. Yes. You know, but but here, time travel movie, Marty McFly goes back to 1995, or nine, uh, I'm sorry, 1955, after uh, Doc Emmett Brown invents the time machine, 
And the main piece, of course, is the flux capacitor. And he goes back to 1955 to the night that Doc Brown invented that because Doc Brown had just been shot by terrorists in the year 1985. And anyway, a lot of shenanigans, but... I think that there are two things that really stand out to me in this movie as far as mid-century Americana stuff goes. The development of track housing, uh, considering that there wasn't really anything in this area back in 1955, but now it's all track housing and everything. So you kind of see the beginning of the planned community. But also the costumes are really good for the most part. Some of them are a 1980s twist <laughs> on the 1950s, but still pretty good in general. And uh, I really enjoy that. And also just kind of a lot of the slang that kids would have used in the 1950s. Right. And, you know, and of course there's Biff, who's, who's the big dope. Bully. He's a big bully dope. And he's like, why don't, we, why don't you make like a tree and get out of here you know so it's, no that's yeah. leave leave yes and then when, it, you know he's saying you know uh, ronald reagan is president he goes well who's the vice president jerry lewis you know <laughs> yeah. how how unlikely things you know are are you know going to happen in the future right yeah. and, and of course you know i i love also the music that of, of the era that's there it's kind of that romantic pre-rock kind oh. of music mm-hmm. And then, of course, Marty McFly, being a rock and roller from the 1980s, uh, ends up playing guitar and uh, plays Johnny Be Good. And he happens to be uh, filling in for Chuck Berry's cousin. Oh, right. And and he calls calls Marvin. Marvin Berry. That's right. And so he he calls Chuck while he's jamming. He's like, I found your sound. And all it's it's just a lot of fun. But uh, really, I think that uh, the music, the sensibilities, uh, some of the costumes, the sets are, are really superb uh, for mid-century America right there. Uh, most of you have seen the movie. I don't think I need to get into much more detail. Uh, Marty McFly's mother has a crush on him, and it gets kind of <laughs> weird and creepy, but <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, the other one we watched just the other night again, we own this one too, is Blast from the Past, Brendan Fraser. Accentuate the positive, eliminate the negative, accentuate the positive, and latch on. You gotta accentuate the positive. This was a lot of fun in that uh, Brendan Fraser is born in a fallout shelter. Uh, his father was a Caltech professor who started inventing things, became fabulously wealthy, but lived in a middle income kind of neighborhood. Doug, uh, in secret, a fantastic fallout shelter that is a complete replica of, of, his, of his home. They're convinced that the big one has dropped, but what had happened is the, the Cuban Missile Crisis had reached its apex Kennedy and Khrushchev are going at it on TV. They're having a cocktail party, which is fantastic. And uh, the father says, okay, time for you folks to leave. Go home and pray about this and everything else. And we're, uh, we're calling it a night. And he goes down to a secret fallout shelter that he had built that is just, as I said, fantastic. And as they go down there, they're at the bottom. And a airplane, a crusader, a jet, Uh, lost control and crashed into their home and he's convinced that the big one had had fallen and so he sets the door timer for 35 years and Susie Spacek is the wife Uh, Christopher Walken is the father and uh, she gives birth while in the bomb shelter and who's born but little Brendan Fraser he grows up 35 years goes by uh, they are underground and watching I Love Lucy reruns on film and the honeymooners and all sorts of stuff like that. And finally, it's time to go up to the surface. And here he is in 1999 with the sensibilities of 1962. And his parents are very decent and kind people and everything. So he comes up into this cruel world that he thinks is a post-apocalyptic kind of thing which uh, the neighborhood had changed from track housing to basically a ghetto and uh, all sorts of shenanigans ensue. But 
the cool thing about this is not only the scenes, the early scenes and the cocktail party and the really cool mid-century modern uh, design and the, and the appliances and all that kind of stuff, but also just the clothing that Brendan Fraser emerges wearing and, and the manners that his mom had made out of the curtains <laughs> <laughs> and, and, uh, just this whole bringing the sensibilities and those old time kind of ways of thinking of manners and, and dancing and all the rest. Of course, it's very fortunate also that in the late nineties, uh, the whole swing craze was back in, in vogue again and everything. So people were swing dancing and all that. And of course, uh, he's very good at that. So, uh, if you have not seen blast from the past, you really should. It's a movie that was greatly overlooked. It didn't do that well at the box office and, uh, it is a lot of fun and it's really, really mid-century fantastic. It, it really is amazing. And in Brendan so Frazier. And Brendan Frazier is just, is, he's my secret boyfriend. Well, yes. I guess not anymore, <laughs> but he's just adorable in this movie. Right. Right. So, so check that out. Uh, it, as I said, it didn't make a lot of money. I think it was made for $35 million and it grossed like 40 something. So it wasn't a big box office hit, but, um, I love it. And I yeah. think, I think, uh, most people who love mid-century things would enjoy it tremendously. I wanted to talk about a bunch of honorable mention type movies also, because the more I think about it, the more they pop up. Uh, one is that thing you do. It was filmed in Orange, California, which was supposed to be uh, Erie, PA, but it was actually Orange, California. It's, uh, it's at the my circle, hometown. Right. Filmed right in my hometown. Yeah. And uh, there's a scene with the Army-Navy store. I used to always go to that Army-Navy store, and it was I, I bought a really cool leather jacket there once. Uh, but anyway, that thing you do, really cool uh, wardrobe. Uh, one of the things that, that grabs me about these movies is the color. I don't know what it is. <laughs> there's, the colors just pop. Yeah. They mean uh, to do that. They even, to. E even Back to the Future, the colors just pop. And I don't know if it's that pink and, and aqua or, you know, what it is, but there's something about the colors that just pop. Of course, that thing you do, the fashions are great. Uh, the music is fantastic. It's, it's 1960s rock and roll. And uh, Tom Hanks, who's in it and who also directed it and probably produced it and funded it and everything it else. Yeah. yeah. He wrote some of the music for it also. And that, <laughs> that thing you do, he had a hand in writing that song, that thing you do. Uh, that, so that opening, that opening song, that loving you lots and lots. Yeah. He, 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 he co-wrote that. And oh, no way. Yeah. She's always threatened to arrange it for her. For one of her choirs which i think would be awesome but oh, yeah. <laughs> you got me all tied up in nuts <laughs> i had no idea i thought that that was actually like one of those old-timey folky kind yeah. of songs well they made it sound that way and yeah tom hanks wow. co-wrote it with somebody i'm he's not so sure talented. he's so talented he's right. just amazing yeah well and the other cool thing is um for those of you who don't know the movie um the uh the drummer of the band, the Oneaters. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, his family owns uh, an appliance store. Right. So you get to see all those amazing like stereo consoles right. and how the washers and the refrigerators look so cool. Paula, sorry, I don't think there was a see-through dishwasher, but <laughs> my Sears. Experience. But uh, yeah, it's it's such a great movie. And fun fact, we watched it not too long ago. And um, I wanted to see if there were any like tie-in products to the movie. So yeah. I looked up on eBay. Uh, if you have deep pockets, you can actually bid on uh, an actual Playtone 45 record. Ooh. Uh, Playtone is the uh, music label that the right. Wonders get to, assigned to in the movie. Uh, but you can get a Playtone 45 record of that thing you do the song but they were they were given away as like promos like at the premiere of the movie or whatever and so th they go for big bucks because oh. they're a highly collectible item but oh. anyway huh. that's fun i had no idea that's cool so yeah that that's just a really really cool movie in so many ways also the jazz the jazz music and, and oh, yeah. oscar peterson i think uh had a hand in some of that um but uh 
I might be mistaken on that. Uh, anyway, wonderful stuff. Uh, of course, Austin Powers. How, <laughs> how can you not? I mean, it is this era. And we're going to do an episode in, in a while to go along with the James Bond episode that we're going to do in a while with our friend Ray Keating. But uh, we're going to do the James Bond knockoffs. And there were some of those. And, of course, Austin Powers is is a spoof of those. Oh, yeah. So it's kind of a spoof of a spoof, I guess you could say. Yes. And, uh, of course, it, it worked into a trilogy of movies. And uh, I love them. They're, they're all a lot of fun, if you ask me. And the, the period is wonderful. Uh, the music is great. Uh, I love the montage, like, in Las Vegas and that sort of thing. Uh, <laughs> Uh, was it the second one where Elvis Costello joins Burt Bacharach? Oh, yes. <laughs> but Burt Bacharach has a, has a part in, in these movies also musically. Uh, so just a lot of fun with Austin Powers, the whole spy genre and everything. Uh, movie that Paula loves, The Hudsucker Proxy, with the invention of the hula hoop. It's a quirky movie. Uh, some people love it. Some people hate it. But uh, still, I it kind of falls it. in the in the era. It's a Coen Brothers movie, so you it have is. to kind of, yeah. yeah. And who stars in that one? Tim Robbins. Thank Tim you. Robbins, okay. Yes. Uh, so that's, that's cool. He, he has this great idea, and he's working for this big corporation, and he pitches the idea, and he just draws a circle, and he says, you know, for the kids. And, and <laughs> everyone's staring at him like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And he's, it's a hula hoop. Uh, so anyway, you can check the, uh, the Hudsucker Proxy out. Uh, another one that uh, is easily overlooked, but when I say it, you're going to go, oh, yeah, how did I not think of that? Catch me if you can. Oh, oh of awesome. course. Yes. Yeah. Of Speaking of awesome. Pan Am and all that, yeah. you know, and That's true. it is a great story, and oh. it's, it's based on a true story, and the actual character that uh, Leonardo DiCaprio plays uh, he has a podcast right now with AARP on how to not get ripped off. Oh, he does. And, wow. Yeah, that's right. And uh, I listened to He's it on teaching occasion. people how to not get ripped right. off. Right. He ended up working well, well because he was a <laughs> forger and all. You know, right. he's just a fraud Abernoe. extraordinaire. Uh, Avignon. Avignon. Yeah, Frank Avignon, Frank Avignon, I think it was. But uh, anyway, uh, he ended up in prison, and of course, the FBI kept coming to him saying, hey, we can't figure this out. And he's like, oh, yeah, this <laughs> hey. is how they're doing it. And da, da, da. So he ended up working for the FBI for a career and uh, is still an expert on security, personal security, as far as uh, you know, not getting your identity ripped off and all that wow, stuff. So check awesome. that out. Uh, he's got a, a podcast on AARP. Hey, and I thought of another one, Mindhunter. Mindhunter, yeah. How can we not yeah, remember yeah. that one? Yeah. You know, I'm sure maybe our listeners can give us even more yeah, great ideas. Yeah, do, do that. You know, uh, Dave, you were talking about John Hamm, and I think that it was one of Mike Rose's podcasts where he talked about John Hamm. John Hamm had a hard time getting a job because he looked older than he is. Oh, right. And so, so he couldn't get the young roles, but then he also was younger than he looked so he couldn't get the older roles and so he kind of had this this difficult look to cast and then the draper character came up and he was just right and of oh, course yeah. he's worked Perfect. that I into mean, a heck of a career yeah he's got that great brooding look that don draper always had so. yeah yeah. yeah, but if if you ever watch him in, uh, you know, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt or anything else, he's absolutely hilarious. <laughs> he is. He's yes. the most, I've never seen such an actor be dramatic, play, and so goofy, silly, hilarious, and yet be good looking all at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, so much that we could talk about, but I think our time's pretty much up. Yeah. We've gone on for quite a while. Oh, no. <laughs> Anyway, thank you so much for joining us on this tip-top, terrific, and splendidly prolific waltz down memory lane. We'll see you next time. <laughs> Farewell. <laughs>